ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rank 122 Podcast. So, you're here today with Alec and Finn. Finn, what's going on, guys? Awesome. So, welcome. So, this podcast, we're going to uh, tell you guys a little bit what this is all about. Uh, first off, though, we're going to introduce ourselves, um, tell you a little bit about, about why we're soccer fans and why uh, what inspired us to get this podcast started. So, starting with me, I am uh, from Riverview, New Brunswick, proud Canadian, proud Maritimer, and uh, I've been a soccer fan and player since uh, the age of five, so for 16 years old, uh, for the last 16 years, sorry, and uh, I'm a very big supporter of uh, Chelsea FC. Wow. It's quite the intro for you. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you took your, took uh, took the first spot there. That was good. No, that's uh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm Finn. I'm from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Uh, big Liverpool fan. If you couldn't tell, the 2005 uh, Champions League uh, winning jersey. Beautiful. Uh, played soccer since I was two years old. Just a uh, huge fan. Watch every week. We mm. uh, go to the university games every week too. So. We're pretty big fans, I'd like to say, so we're just here to talk about uh, some of our knowledge and spread that with everybody. Hopefully yeah. we can gather some new fans. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so the whole inspiration behind the podcast um, really comes from wanting not just to talk more about soccer with people because we don't have a lot of people in this, uh, this neck of the woods we can talk soccer with, uh, but also more so kind of filling a void that we feel is there right now with not enough people talking about Canada soccer no. in, uh, in the mainstream media, especially where qualify for a World Cup. Yeah, first time in a, in, since in the century, obviously, yeah, but like since, a long, I don't 80s, know what the year was. Since but the it's, 80s, I think 85, right? So it's been, it's been a long time. It's been almost 30 years. Yep. It's been a long time coming. We got lots of young stars playing in yep. Europe now as well, which yep. is so exciting. So we want to we want to fill that void. We want to get the word out about Canadian soccer. We want to uh, meet some more Canadian soccer fans, and we're not just going to be talking about Canadian men's soccer either. We're going to be talking about Canadian women's soccer too. Yep. Um, but before we go further, I thought we'd tell you a little bit about where the name comes from, Rank One Twenty Two. So the name is inspired by um, Canadian men's soccer's team's lowest ever ranking mm. uh, in the FIFA World Rankings. Uh, which came back in 2014, actually. So only eight years ago, they fell to rank 122. Yeah. So the reason we want that name is because we're so proud. We're so <laughs> excited about how much how well this team's done in the last eight years to move from 122nd to rank 33. Yeah. Which they reached in 2022. So rank 33 would probably be more impressive of a name for Canada soccer, but yeah, hoping, I feel like they're going to go higher. We're hoping it's going to go further. <laughs> a few years, be top 10, right? So yeah. But anyways. Yeah. So that's basically the gist of uh, the podcast. Yeah. And, maybe, uh, we, maybe we should just move right into it then. I said we get going. Yeah. So what we wanted to do right away was kind of give a, an overview for beginners or people that may not know soccer that well, maybe a little view onto some of the logistics around leagues, international leagues, and so you're just not confused right away. Yeah. So I'm going to give you the lowdown on the international country structure, and then Alex is going to give a, a rundown of the European league structure, which mm. is two different things. Um, 
But before that, Alex got a good analogy for how world soccer works. And he's going he's gonna to tell you that. Yeah, so maybe a little analogy. So something uh, I find that happens a lot when I'm talking uh, soccer with people who maybe have some experience playing but never really dug into the world of soccer is, you know, they look at it and they're like, what the hell is going on? Like, how does any of this work? <laughs> and, I mean, I don't blame them because it is a lot from on face value. Yeah. It's complex. I mean, the reason we understand we've been playing and following it for the last decade and a half, right? Yeah, when you grow up and you yeah. play, there's there's different types of games you can play that that go way into details for for soccer. So, yeah, there's there's a lot you can learn. It's but like when you're also passionate about it, like we are, it's it just comes as a easy thing. Right. So definitely, yeah, yeah. So the difference, big difference, obviously, is that. When you're th- talking about FIFA and you're thinking about FIFA, most people have heard the name FIFA before, either from maybe just like social media, maybe from the video game FIFA, which is popular. The difference between FIFA and the soccer world to other big, the major sports leagues around the world is that look at the NBA, you look at the NHL, look at the MLB, the big major leagues, they're only one league in one country, right? So all the best players are playing in one league together, competing against each other. Yeah. The difference with FIFA is that you have hundreds, thousands. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's so, to give a little perspective, I think there's over 400 leagues in England, the United Kingdom alone. Right. Which is a small ass country com- in compared to like some other yeah, places. But yeah, in terms of professional leagues, you have over 100 maybe into 200 like pro leagues right oh yeah yeah and certified then, pro yeah and then you know probably close to a thousand pro teams on the world oh right? easily yeah so yeah. the analogy i want to give for you is basically we're going to think of the soccer world through a an, a geography analogy finn should be taking this one because he's the big geography <laughs> student now but that's not what we're going with so first off um the first unit of comparison for the soccer world, we're going to start thinking of the different teams. We're going to start. We're going to start at the base level, and we're going to build our way up. So we're going to think of the teams as the cities, which practically it's what it is if you think if you look at it from face value. So if we think of Manchester United, they represent the city of Manchester. You think of Liverpool, obviously they represent the city of Liverpool. Chelsea represent the city of London few other clubs there but but that's more like neighborhood but once you get into london it gets weird because yeah, there's like there's 20 different there. clubs in london but they all represent a certain neighborhood yeah we get the gist so the clubs they represent cities next step is we're thinking about leagues so the leagues think of it as the different countries right so if you think of the premier league which is the major league in england so the premier league represents the country of england in spain it's la liga so they represent nation of spain bundesliga in germany so that represents the nation of germany so now you got the clubs which are the cities the leagues are the countries next we're moving a step further up into the federations federations the unit i like to compare them with is continents so in total there's six federations where there's clubs in these federations that play in leagues in these federations so I wish we could like stop and like field questions right now, but we're just gonna keep going. Feels like a lecture, doesn't it? It is, it is. So so there's six federations total. 
The biggest one, well, I don't know if you say biggest, but the most popular one is UEFA, which is the Federation for Europe, so the continent of Europe. There's the CAF, which is the African Federation. There is CONCACAF, which cool. is for North and Central America. Well, maybe you should also give their turn. Actually, I will in the thing, but I was going to say give their ter- tournament nicknames. Okay. For their the international. Okay. But I can oh, do yeah, that. yeah. I know what you mean. Like I'll the, do it. It's okay. Okay. And then Commobol, which is South America, South American continent. OFC, which is New Zealand and other South Pacific Island nations. And then the AFC, which is for the continent of Asia. So now we got the clubs, which represent the cities. We got the leagues, which represent the nations. The federations represent the continents. So our last unit comparison here is FIFA, which represents the world. So <laughs> FIFA, they love doing this, like when the World Cup comes up and like other huge tournaments. They love like doing the branding, like with an actual picture of like the whole globe. Yeah, no, that's, that's right? when you see like the World Cup trophy. It's just a globe yeah and that's on a it. trophy that's the world cup and like the club world cup same thing it's like it's like a globe yeah basically right so fifa yeah is the world so fifa is like the central governing body yep of everything so it's like yeah it's so when you think of the game fifa it's not just one league it's as it's many leagues as you think, leagues. think of it's federations many federations yeah many leagues and then there's many clubs so that is in general that was very that's, well put it's a broad overview of the structure of uh fifa that one might be going up on on tiktok i don't know like that's the best analogy i've come up with in a Dude, while i think so. we had a people a couple people fall asleep yeah hey i hope not it's, it's not it's not going to be as as lecture heavy no <laughs> no i hope not man like this is <laughs> yeah gotta remember people this is the first episode <laughs> right we're doing this for you <laughs> yeah the start is so you guys will listen to the rest yeah um, all right, I'll, I'll get into the international structure just real quick. It's pretty simple, actually. It's not too hard. So like Alec was saying, the federations, there's six continents. So there's six different international tournaments, but only one per federation. Yep. For example, most of you are probably going to be in North America listening to this. So I'll do the North American one first, which is called CONCACAF. Mm. I have no idea what it stands for. Yeah. I could not tell you no. what it stands for. You just have to know that it's CONCACAF. When we say that, Seriously. we mean the North American countries are playing against each other. So when you go to the World Cup, when you see Canada, U.S., Mexico, Panama, any country from North America, that's going to be somebody who's played in the CONCACAF. Mm-hmm. And what the CONCACAF is, is it's a separate tournament from the World Cup where only North American teams will play against each other in a World Cup format which is groups and then you play everybody in the groups and then you go to a bracket system or tournament or playoff bracket whatever you guys prefer and then you just work your way up to the final and that and whoever wins usually gets an automatic qualify to the world cup i'm sure it's called the gold cup too right sometimes yeah yeah but yeah so that's the structure of north america pretty different in all different like all continents in europe it's called the euros which you guys might have heard of it's probably the most famous one i'd say Mm -hmm, definitely um euros are a little bit different in the way that not everybody gets to be in them no so all of Concacaf, since north america doesn't have a ton of countries i think almost every 
country in the continent gets to be there maybe like a couple outliers for like the smaller islands in the caribbean and that yeah so in the euros like literally you have to qualify and i think it's only the top four teams mm. so the way it works in the euros is you that you get put into qualifying groups which are usually what eight countries yeah yep. you play all those countries twice so if it's like england croatia you can think of an eight european countries they'll play each other twice each so once at home in england and once in croatia or wherever whoever's top four will go to the euros which yeah. is just a bunch of european teams doing the same thing that the north americans did in that world cup structure of groups mm -hmm. then bracket playoff bracket whatever you want all the way to the final right. um the only difference i think i forgot to mention for the group play is that you only play once per team yeah yeah so like if you get put in England, Croatia, Netherlands, Belgium, you only play one of them. You only play each team once instead of the, like in the qualifying, you play everybody twice. Right. Just because it's quicker and you can't be having a, a Euros yeah, or a World Cup that lasts like two. long, right? So yeah, yeah, it's already long enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are the two main ones that we're going to be talking about for yeah. sure. But the other ones, the Conobol, yeah. which is actually known as the Copa America, Copa. which is their tournament. Uh, that's South America. So Brazil, Argentina, Chile, Colombia, all those teams will be doing the same thing that the North Americans do. Uh, not quite sure what the Asian ones call. I'm not going to lie. Mm. Also, I found the abbreviation for CONCACAF. Well, oh yeah, what is hear it? it? Lay it's it on Confederation us. of North, Central American, and Caribbean Association Football. You know what? If I saw it laid out, I feel like I would never have guessed that. No. But I guess it makes sense. But it makes total sense. It's just it's, no it's, way I would have gotten that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know. The, so the African one's called the AFCON Cup. Yeah. Uh, Africa Cup of Nations. Yeah. Which is exact same format. It's, I think, however, all African teams. I don't think they leave anybody out. They don't do qualifying. I don't think. Yeah. They I'm might. I feel like they. whenever you see it come around, there's like 20 groups, it feels like. so. <laughs> there's a lot. But uh, yeah. same format, group, play everybody once, bracket. Yeah, uh, and I'm assuming yeah. it's the exact same thing for the Asian yeah, or... Yeah, Asia, it's called the AFC Asian Cup. Okay, yeah. So, But uh, that's the structure for the international leagues. Mm. I mean, you guys might hear like countries doing friendlies, which they don't mean anything really. It it's might just give a, a country a little bit more score in the international ranking. And yeah. the international ranking is just how good your international team compares to others. Yeah. And it's just scored on points based on <clears throat> different things of who you beat. Yeah. Stuff like that. So like it's if a you, weird scoring system. It is weird. It's very yeah. complicated. I don't know if I could give a rundown on that, but yeah, that's too much. Another lecture. But like, <laughs> for instance, it's like weighted kind of though. I know that like if you beat uh, Barbados, if Canada beats Barbados 10, nothing, they're not going to get as many points as if they beat the U.S. one nothing. Yeah. So it's weighted in that way. It's just weighted on who you play. So friendlies do matter to an extent. Yeah, I don't think they have as much weighting. They don't have as much matter. weighting. Yeah. It's like a multiplier probably. But yeah. then there's also sub-tournaments, mm. especially in Europe, which is everybody I feel like hates. Yeah. It's called the UEFA Nations League in Europe. And that's... Uh, divided into you got to bear with me here it's divided into four divisions yeah a b c and d the top i don't know what it is 16 teams that europe considers the best 
are in A and then you can picture it just goes down and every team in Europe is in each division is in a division sorry yeah and they'll just play what is it maybe once twice against each team and then it's like same idea they go to a bracket and they play or a only a goes to a bracket i believe i think only a goes to a bracket they play off and then you win the nations league but every Mm. so b c and d i think it's just the top team from each group gets promoted up a letter division and the bottom team goes down right i Mm. believe yeah i think that that sounds about right i feel like guys who is, is yeah it's it's new still so we're still trying to navigate that as well <laughs> i feel like guys running a podcast should know though so. <laughs> uh but that's basically the international structure i'm happy to answer any questions if uh, yeah. anybody has some in in any comment section on our instagram tiktok twitter yep. youtube Most just plug everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah go follow rank one yeah go follow podcasts. everything yeah, yeah i was gonna plug that at the start but that was a good opportunity too so tiktok probably coming soon as well oh yeah but um we were just waiting for the episode to come out yeah exactly so yeah so that's the uh that's the structure i'm sure we'll think of more things as we go on i know there's like a few tournaments we'll address yeah um under the club structure and i know there will be other things we'll bring up maybe like world cup qualifying how that works what not too oh yeah i forgot about that we can we can get into it later when we talk about canada and and it's honestly the most yeah complicated and the worst part is is they keep you uh, fifa keep like pressing federations to like add more yeah tournaments for like more money because <clears throat> fifa's corrupt yeah don't quote me but like <laughs> they, they are like yeah. they've they Super just they just take, want the yeah. money they don't really care about the like the passion of the fans and like the, the players and getting injured and how much they play a year mm-hmm. So, no, anyways, I'll let you get to the. Uh, there'll be a whole episode eventually on the on FIFA, <laughs> the corruption of FIFA. Um, uh, you go, you go, and tell us all about the European league structure, though. This it's also quite complicated. Yeah, so uh, we'll run through this. I'll try and get through this um, relatively quick. relatively quick, um, so we don't lose too many people. But yeah, I mean, it's all good stuff for people to 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 think through and to and to learn, really, because I mean, it's a lot of stuff we are going to be talking about. So. Like Finn said, we're mostly going to be talking about UEFA, which is the uh, federation for the continent of Europe. So in UEFA, like I was saying, each country has their own league. So in England, we have the Premier League, which our two clubs play in, Liverpool and Chelsea. We also have in Germany, there's the Bundesliga. Uh, in France, there's Ligue 1. In Italy, there's Serie A. And then Spain, it gets comp- the names get complicated, man. So, like I can't even remember some of the countries' <laughs> leagues. Man. The reason I ran through those six: so England, Spain, France, Italy, Germany, Germany, and that's it. You said England, Spain. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. top They're, five. Top five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the reason I went through those, they are like the big, the big five leagues. Yeah, that's what they the call world. them, the big five. The big five. So that's the majority of the content we'll be looking at and we'll be discussing. Mostly comes out of those top five. We'll still be talking about other leagues, like the Scottish Premier League, which we both have. Both teams. There's two teams we both support. Um, yeah. In that league as well, and there is still some great teams in other leagues, so we don't want to totally discount them. Uh, but the big five they are the ones who kind of dominate UEFA uh, and dominate something that is called the Champions League. Uh, so you, most people have probably heard of the Champions League before because um, second to the World Cup, it is the most watched soccer competition in the world. 
um, especially during the playoff format uh, in the Champions League. So essentially how Champions League works is that in these leagues, so in the English League, in the Italian League, in the German Germany League, um, basically how it works is that depending on, this is a whole other thing, but depending on how high your league is ranked in UEFA <laughs> will determine how many spots in your league you will have available for the Champions League. Yeah. So Champions League, like the World Cup, is made up of 32 teams. The big difference, though, is instead of a month long, it stretches out sometimes to like it's eight from like, or ten months. Yeah, it's like October <laughs> and the finals in May. Yeah. So, End of May, like June. Right, so it goes a long time. So for the big five leagues, generally they always have four spots. Sometimes yeah. there's only three. Yeah, so um, I just uh, – sorry to interrupt you yeah, there, no, but ahead. like I know mm-hmm. that England – Serie A, Germany, Spain, and Spain have four, and I think Liga has three. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so basically, so what that means is that at the end of the season, um, the teams in each of those leagues that finish in the top four spots will get automatic qualification to the Champions League. Yeah. So the Champions League essentially is where all the best teams in UEFA can go or Europe. If or you didn't or get Europe. the UEFA reference yeah, yeah. yet. <laughs> can go up against each other, right? So that's when you can have like Liverpool from England playing against Barcelona from Spain, right? Otherwise, you would never see that happen because they play in different leagues in different countries. So that's why the Champions League is super special. That's why it's like probably my favorite soccer to actually watch um, because you get to see different styles of play from different countries. You could see clashing. a lot of upsets for that same reason, though, is because. Yeah. You'll learn this a lot more when we talk about it, but Serie A, for example, is a much more defensive-based league. Yeah. They don't, like, they're not going to buy, like, you're not going to see a bunch of the top goal scorers ever coming from the Italian league. Yeah. But in comparison to the Spanish league or the English league, you'll see all, like, a ton of top mm. scorers ever are coming from, or have played in. Right. The English or German league or Spanish league. That's very true. Um, so yeah, so essentially the Champions League, it's it's just yeah, it's very fascinating because you have the biggest studs in world football yep. playing against each other, right? Like you get to see um, Messi go up and see him face off against Mo Salah, yeah, and Trent and the boys, right? It's when, also a incredible platform for smaller countries yeah like you 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 do get to see the the four best from those countries that we talked about and like some other smaller countries like portugal uh belgium switzerland netherlands all those ones and then you get like the really small countries that may not have that that reach and that's like the the baltic states and the slavic states which is like albania yeah lithuania latvia all those teams they get a chance to get into the champions league which you're going to explain yeah so uh, aside from, like we said, those big five leagues all getting four spots, uh, which makes up 20 generally, right? Or 18. So it makes up the majority of the Champions League. The other spots, I think that there is a few other leagues that still get like automatic qualification. Like I know the Scottish Premier League, um, Celtic and Rangers both got qualification this year automatically because... They uh, the league went up in the rankings, 
I think they only got one, and then Rangers qualified. Okay, Rangers qualified. So I knew Celtic was in for sure, though. I knew that was a lock. Uh, But then also, like, a league like the the Dutch league, Ajax gets automatic qualification. Well, not the specific team, but, like, they they always come first in the Dutch league because they're they're just rich and Uh, everybody loves them. But, like, they always since they always come first or whoever comes first in the Dutch league will get an automatic to the Champions League, but it's usually two and three yet. Yeah. put into qualification right so with these smaller leagues like we're talking about like uh scotland holland uh the belgian league all uh, the small countries you can think of in europe are considered into this talk too like right. they all like, like i think croatia yeah small yeah. countries will really small countries will get like one qual like whoever comes first gets to have a chance at qualification right so with these small countries either you know the first or the first and second will get thrown into a qualification tournament which then whoever goes through that and performs the best then qualifies for the actual Champions League. I think it's eight teams. So they, get, they all get put in right. pool D, which you're yeah. going to explain again. Yeah, so that's basically how how the teams are decided um, for out of those to make up that, that format of 32 teams. Uh, and then when they make the groups, uh, the best teams are put into... Um, there's basically it's like a pot system, right? So... How many pots is there? Is there there's four? There's four. So A, B, C, and D. A, B, yeah, right. Yep. So then, uh, like the top teams, um, we're going to, to to pot A. So it's probably like the first and second. Yeah. So it's five it's leagues and it it also gets a little bit confusing sometimes yeah. because what we haven't explained yet is there's two other leagues below the Champions League, mm. which is a whole other. We don't have to get into that. Today. No, we won't. <laughs> but like the winner of the league below the champions league is in pot a or pot one, whatever you want to call it. Um, Along with the winner from the top five leagues, the winner of the champions league last year and like a couple other outsiders, I think. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so like it could be, it can mix things up, right? Like you could have England, which is a stacked league of Mm. maybe like seven good teams where only four of them are going to get in, possibly five, if one of them wins the league below the Champions League. Um, And you could have like two or three of them in pot B when probably all five should be in pot one Mm -hmm. based on skill. So it may, and then they could be put in a group with a team from pot one who's of equal skill. So it makes for a really tough skill yeah, yeah. group. It makes for it to be those group of deaths that everybody likes. Just some crazy action in, in group stage play. So, anyways, I think that's good enough for uh, for now. For my now, God, I think for the explanation of, uh, of the league. So, um, yeah, so. let's just let's move right into the next. We we made segments. We have, <laughs> we're gonna have segments every week for you yeah, guys. We're because uh, we love you. We're very organized. Yeah, very orderly. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about why we support Liverpool and Chelsea, and yeah. we also have two other teams besides that that we kind of like semi support. We yeah. kind of like keep our eye on, and if they were in like a big final, we'd watch it and cheer for them. So definitely, uh, why don't you start with why you support Chelsea, and then I'll go on to Liverpool, and yeah. then we'll just back and forth. Sure. So uh, yeah, why am I Chelsea supporter? So I tell people this story uh, whenever they ask that it would have been back in 2009 so when i was eight years old um i always used to watch premier league every saturday with my dad Mm. um back then they've been in 2008 they they showed probably like three or four of the biggest premier league games on canadian like television 
um just I on remember cable that. every saturday yeah yeah so that was like a great exposure from a young age to being able to actually start watching that and yeah figuring out like how great the world of soccer actually was uh but back then i was still just trying to figure out how stuff worked figure out what the teams were and i remember um in that season that 2009 season i started to get really into it and it was very early in the season um i was i'd watch all the games that morning and the last game i think of the day was chelsea against hull city classic and, yeah classic whole city is like a bum team to yeah, be very much for so. anybody who doesn't know um so i think dad had gone up to like nap at that point i think i had like soccer that morning maybe so we had got up pretty early i'd already gone out and trained uh i came back and uh was, he went to bed and i was watching that chelsea game and um i fell in love with chelsea that game and I've, mostly because i fell in love with dj drogba first Right, uh, because that game, you go back and watch highlights. I was watching them again today. Drogba, Chelsea won the game two one. Drogba had two goals. First goal was thirty four yard free kick, <laughs> absolutely beautiful goal. And then the second goal, which came I think in the ninety third minute, was beautifully placed chip shot over the keeper to win the game two one. Wow. So after that, I was like, who is this guy? Like, this Drogba guy is is the man. Yeah, like, this usually, guy. It definitely at a young age, it starts with a player. And right. I wouldn't say it doesn't, it doesn't start with the team because you can't make that like connection right yeah. away. Yeah, definitely. Where you're like, like I know people. Like, yeah, like this guy is like suddenly like my hero. Like this yeah, is exactly. The man scored two like worldies. I get it. Um. So yeah, and then like a few weeks later, I get like a poster of him in my room. Oh really? And then I think that Christmas, I got my first uh, my first Chelsea jersey, and then wow. I was in. I was inducted into the uh, the the Chelsea uh, the Chelsea club. So my dad was actually a Man U fan. Was? We started watching, yeah. Uh, well, he still still kind of is. He's kind of veered away a little bit after their. Uh, it's kind of hard to be their form of run here in the <laughs> last six years. Anyways, but um, yeah, I you know was just inspired by these guys like Drogba and, and Frank Lampard and, and John Terry. They were just all heroes, and they were all so good. And that Chelsea team was so much fun to watch. So yeah, I've been a fan now for for thirteen years. Jeez, uh, I was fortunate enough to go and watch my first Chelsea games uh, this year, actually. Big um, man. Back last January. Saw my first Chelsea game against Spurs. So you've actually been able so, to watch one game of all your f- top three teams now, have you? Yeah. That's insane, it's right? Really like, it feels cool, cool right? Yeah, it was, I mean, that was a life-changing experience. Like, first game was Chelsea against Spurs at Tottenham Stadium, which is quite quite spot. T- but, Spurs uh, or Tottenham Hotspurs? Yeah, Tottenham Hotspurs, which is one of Chelsea's big rivals. Tottenham's also a London club, so that's partially what the rivalry comes from. Yep. Uh, but it was Carabao Cup semifinal. Uh, I won't get into what the Carabao Cup is. But uh, Chelsea won, won nothing. Uh, but it was great. I, I had to sit in the Tottenham uh, fan section, though, because we bought our tickets really late. Um, oh. So I wasn't able to wear any of my Chelsea merch, and I had to be like very, I had to subdue my excitement when they, uh, when they scored. I couldn't really. Couldn't get up. Couldn't, yeah. Punch, uh, punch the there or anything. But anyways, I did get to see them play at Stanford Bridge, though. That's cool. Plymouth Argyle in the FA Cup. I got to do the Stanford Bridge tour, which felt like I was eight again. It was <laughs> amazing. And uh, they won again that game. So I'm big man. I'm happy. It's, been a, it's been a good year to be a, be a Chelsea fan for watching games for me, but yeah, not as much about how they've been performing. But uh, yeah, that's that's my uh, wow my, my recap. So Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean... I'll, I'll start with mine now. Liverpool. Um, I wouldn't say there was like a 
like a time where I started watching. I think I was always kind of just watching. My dad has been a fan since like 89 or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, I've been technically part of the Liverpool fandom since I was born. I think there's a picture of me as a baby with one of the green ah, kits okay. that they yeah. had on. Like, yeah, classic. Yeah, so it was, one of, it was one of those ones where it's like, it's already in the blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I got a couple of tattoos for Liverpool. So. But yeah, no, I think that I fell in love with it. My first game, obviously, but like mm. really started to follow was right after the 2013-14 season. Mm. I didn't have quite the quick start that you did, right. but I definitely went, I went to my first game in 2008. Okay. It was Liverpool versus uh, Blackburn set in the, uh, the cop. Man, you've been like six. Yeah, I was young, bro. That's crazy. So what I remember from that game is Fernando Torres. Mm. It's kind of like the equivalent to drug, but I guess you could say. Yeah, well, yeah. Definitely. We didn't really have a striker at that point. No, he's, he's but nice. like the closest equivalent to drug, but who's a legend. Um, took one off his chest, like facing away, coming the 18-yard box on the right side. And he took it off his chest facing the corner flag. And without like any turning of his body or like going around the ball, he just like hit it right away. Mm. Not even looking at the net, just swung his right leg across his body and it went like top corner. It was like, it was unreal. Anyways, it's like one of the, my most like memorable things. Yeah, and yeah, I was six years memory. old and it's I still remember memory. it. Core memory. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was huge for me. And then 2013-14, we were so close mm. to winning and then just some unfortunate events. Yeah against Chelsea actually that we're just not going to bring up for obvious mm. reasons yeah. um but yeah we were close to winning the Premier League and lost out but uh but that campaign of that mm. that season drew me in with Suarez who's another legend yeah. for the Premier League and Liverpool yeah um Stevie G who's I who I've got on the back of this jersey and yeah. it started like I, I don't I don't think I've missed many games since that yeah. season for Liverpool at least so yeah, that's definitely a big one, and that's kind of like where it happened. And I've been super fan. I've been to a lot of games now. Been fortunate enough to, at least. So mm. it's good. Let's start with your second uh, team. Yeah, I so... got the fucking hiccups. My God, <laughs> <laughs> classic. Um, <clears throat> so my se- second team um, is actually a can't even remember is a <laughs> team coming from Scotland, and uh, the reason behind it well, there's a few reasons why i support this team one of it is uh family ties because classic my scottish family uh, are a big supporters of this team the other reason why is that um the first soccer club i played for actually um was named after this team and Sweet. wore the same colors as this team so this team is celtic fc <laughs> the uh, scottish premier league so uh that like i was saying the uh, the team i played for uh, growing up, my first club played for was called the Riverview Celts, and we had the green and white hoops jerseys. Um, and uh, right from there, I was like, okay, like this is this is cool. I gotta check out this Celtic. That's team. pretty cool. But then also, when I was forced enough to go over to Scotland for the first time in 2014, um, quickly figured out that all my cousins there were, were big Celtic fans. Big Celtic fans, especially my uh, my cousin Dave. Shout out to uh, to Dave, who is a <laughs> diehard Celtic fan. Love that. And actually brought me to a game when I was over there. Uh, in April and it was unbelievable wow and so ever since then especially after that game too I've just really taken more of an interest in following Celtic uh, just especially seeing how much passion uh, is around that club and no I kind of have like that that family tie there too yeah it's just, exactly it's cool man like oh, it is cool Celtic's a great club 
It yeah. really is. So that's that's my Scottish team. Yeah. <laughs> All of mine's mine's their biggest rival, Rangers, Glasgow Rangers. Yeah. Um so for people who don't know, Glasgow Rangers and Celtic are like I would say the most not well known, but probably the most infamous if you're a soccer fan like derby like match like yeah. uh how would you rivalry yeah and probably the soccer world. i mean it's up there it's with, the most played rivalry i know that yeah and it's up there with the biggest with you know barca barca, barca real and, and united liverpool and like river plate and uh and Boca yeah like and, any big teams that you heard yeah. of playing against each other like this one is historically bigger yeah it's called the old firm when they play against each other mm. it's that old i think they've played over like 400 times against each yeah. other it's been crazy and it's like a two game difference for who has more wins oh it's not it's crazy anyways uh i support rangers the reason is um i played on a club like as a kid they were called the the calgary rangers yeah we had uh that's funny (laughs) it is weird isn't it it's fucking weird right um and we had the uh it was like the alberta symbol in the back and then it was the scottish flag oh cool and a ball and some cool stuff in there so but yeah in i don't remember what year it was maybe like 2015 2016 Mm our club actually got a partnership with Glasgow Rangers and we had academy coaches come over Mm -hmm. and do like camps and stuff like that. So it was a really cool experience. I got to work one of them and play one of them. So it was cool. It was fun. I got to know some of the academy coaches pretty well. And when we went to Scotland for the first time after we had booked that partnership, uh, I got to go to my first Rangers game, which was actually against Celtic. First time in four years that they had played because Rangers went bankrupt right and i don't remember what year they went to bankrupt so first game celtic rangers like just crazy yeah i was uh we were right on the the edge of where they separate the celtic and rangers fans yeah we were probably four seats away it was dude i thought i was gonna get shanked like it was it was terrible i was a i was maybe like a 14 year old kid like terrified wow like that's crazy yeah i was i was scared anyways great experience for me so that's why i support them and steven gerrard man on the back he uh he was the his first managerial job was at uh, Glasgow Rangers, which he brought them their first title in like nine oh, years. Wow. And, and, undefi- uh, invincible too. Mm, not that, to mention that's true. That's not true. to mention Just throw that in there. Um, <laughs> and some further context on how big that robbery is. I was telling the, the roommates about this the other day, but yeah. it's actually to the point now where when they play against each other, Celtic and Rangers play against each other, they don't even let away fans into the stadium at this point. So when Celtic play at Celtic Park against Rangers, it's 100% Celtic Really? Fans. I didn't know that. It's totally closed off. Rangers are going to play at the Rangers Stadium, only Rangers fans. Oh, that makes sense, though. But like mm-hmm. the le- the game I went to was 50-50 because it was a cup game. Yeah, that's why. So so just like just a separate thing from the league. It's just a cup tournament that the Scottish teams play in. Yeah. It's called the Scottish Cup. And... Um, they were playing in the semifinals and they split the glass because they're both based in Glasgow, the city mm-hmm. in Scotland. And they split the the city's or the I think it's the national stadium for Scotland. Yeah. And they split it 50 50. And then they put like four rows of empty seats on each side right. down the middle. Bunch of stewards. And then like <laughs> just stacked with stewards yeah. all the way back. Yeah. But like, so, I don't even know how, but like some people. And then like you had to enter through two, two different neighborhoods. Yeah, definitely. Like we walked probably kilometer and a half to the stadium through like these neighborhoods and like celtic fans and like apartments like three floors like above the road were like throwing shit at us oh probably what's the thing i mean the reason why like you just can't it's only celtic fans staying out it's just it just got too bad with the fights and stuff like after every game 
there'd just be massive street brawls. It's becoming a more like and, a bigger and bigger thing. Like yeah. I, I would say in the past five years, there's been a lot more like it's bad injuries and right. deaths. And, like like Celtic fans like camping outside the stadium, like oh, knowing yeah. where the Rangers fans are going to leave and just like going at them. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I can't name any other sport where there's this this kind of stuff like this man I mean, it was just so much passion and and soccer and like a little bit too family. much sometimes though maybe yeah maybe it's a little bit over the edge like with this you don't want to be attacking people over a game no um but it just these people this is like their livelihood this is everything to them yeah and it's you know if the other team wins it makes their week and uh they lose it's, it destroys them so yeah let's quickly do our third teams which are also in the same league yeah. but I, they make yeah. a little bit more sense this time yeah this one yeah so the our third team i would say we support uh, for me, it is the Halifax Wanderers. So, uh, with the new creation of the Canadian Premier League, uh, which is in its third, third, third season now, yeah. only third year, it's still very new. Uh, we do have a professional league now in Canada, if you didn't know that. And there is a team in Halifax uh, it's called the Halifax Wanderers. I've been fortunate to go to a couple games now. Uh, they're not the the strongest club uh, right now, but they do have uh, some some great players. Their striker. Um, Morelli, he had a terrible injury at the start of the season. He was supposed to be the, the star of the league. But, yeah, obviously I have to support Halifax because it's a new, new Canadian league and it's the closest team to me. Uh, they got a fun stadium. It's a fun vibe there. Looks, it looks cool. Definitely, yeah, you got to check it out if, you, uh, if you're in Halifax at any point. So, yeah. Yeah, mine is, like, pretty much makes sense. It's the Calgary Cavalry. Um, it's a bit weird, honestly. Like, we're good. Like, we're always, yeah. like, top two. But – I don't know. That's weird, man. Like the stadium is at like an equestrian training center. <laughs> like it's weird, man. You go and you see like these like equestrian setups, like yeah. just like right beside you. Like that's hilarious. it's funny, but no, it's good. Like I bet we were, my sister's big fan. So she bought mm. uh, season tickets this cool. year and we, we went to like probably just under 10 games before I left. Nice. So no, it is good. It's like, good soccer. Yeah. apparently we apparently we have the best atmosphere in the league but like dude i've been it's not <laughs> dude it's yeah. not good i think it's, we got better at mounties games dude i know <laughs> that was a tough thing like because i went to a wanderers game this summer and like after experiencing those european games it's just like silent back, it just feels silent it's it? just like oh, i'm one of the loudest people here and it's just like uh yeah. wasn't even remotely close when i was over there so yeah so well we, we took up a, a lot of time there but we'll move yeah. on we got four more segments but they're all like a minute each so it's all good yeah these won't be won't be too long we're gonna so. just talk quickly about uh canada's upcoming game internationally yeah. is they play qatar on yeah. oh shit saturday qatar is uh i'll just double check <laughs> i think um, it's saturday i think it's actually friday because it is the 23rd Anyways, so. they're playing Qatar, who are the hosts of the World Cup at the end of the year in December. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but uh, it is the twenty third. Yeah. So that's good. Um, yeah, it's Friday. Uh, so yeah, so it's a big game. Qatar. Um, they actually won the Asian Cup. I don't know if you knew that. I did, yeah. But they they won like they're decent, like they, they are decent. They small tie, country. They're small country, but they last three games I looked it up. They tied Jamaica one one, which we beat Jamaica in qualifiers. So that's Jamaica's not the strongest team, no. but like they do have notable players that you probably will never hear about, right? Like Leon Bailey and Mikel Antonio. Antonio, <laughs> and uh, they beat Ghana two one. That's um, another one where it's just like you right. just shrug your shoulders like. Okay. But the notable one 
which is interesting to me. And I'm wondering if this is why, partially why the game was set up, is they tied Morocco 2-2. That's and another one where I'm like, I, I don't rate Morocco. No. They but, got two players. Yeah. And Morocco is one of the teams we are going to be playing. Oh, you think that's why, like... I think that could be why. Canada want to play Qatar? if they tied Qatar... If Qatar tied them and they tied Jamaica, then they're very much in a similar... Skill. Skill level, I would say. And you can kind of gauge I think it. Canada could be a... Could have a leg up on them. Uh, I, I really don't have much background knowledge on Qatar. I, have, but, I don't know. I can't name you one player. No. But judging off these results, and <clears> it is good, and they also are a team that's going to be competing in the World Cup. So it's... They're there. They're they're competing at the highest level it's right huge. now. So it's it's exciting. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Um. Well, that that's that's good stuff. Like I I think we we're gonna talk about that like in a couple couple minutes here. Yeah. Actually, right away here. But uh, yeah, let's just get right into it. We wanted to start our own little kind of competition between Alec and I. Yeah. And and with you guys, if you guys want to join in. But we're gonna <laughs> do ten games a week, and we predict ten games of our choosing. Mm. If we get the score right, it's one point. If we don't, it's none, obviously. And at the end of the season, we we tally it up, and then someone's got to do a forfeit or something. Yeah, yeah. you guys will probably decide that. Yeah, someone's got to do something stupid. Gonna be, so. But, yeah, so we'll, we'll quickly run through five of our ten. The yeah. rest the rest will be on the socials, the social media, which we'll yeah. plug one more time in a couple minutes. And these are, like, the big games of big the games, week yeah. that, like, definitely should check out. We're not just choosing, like, random games from like the Saudi league that like we know one team stacked and is going to win. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These are like, you know, the cream of the crop international games, uh, but also league games as well. So. Yeah. So we'll start with, uh, so uh, we'll start with the women's Spurs versus women's Arsenal. Yeah. So, so we always, always want to try and highlight at least a couple women's games each week. So yeah. We'll Cause it's, it's that. an up and coming. Yeah. It's crazy. It's growing a lot. It's fucking crazy, man. Like Barca, were, Barca women's were averaging more attendance than the men's team. The men's team, yeah, and which the, is just crazy. The England women, when they won the Euro, highest highest ever attendance at for a women's game. Yeah, and, or men's too. They for, like filled the entire thing. That's crazy. Like I'm pretty sure it's the and they won it. Court. And they won. England won. Came home. Let's go England won. All right, so we'll start with uh, our prediction. What's your prediction for the Arsenal versus Spurs? So Arsenal versus Spurs, I'm going to say Arsenal 2-1. Yeah, I had to do some background research. Yeah. And Arsenal seems to be the stronger side statistically. They're also – they've only played like one or two games in the league so far. Arsenal is in first, and they did finish higher. Tottenham last season too. I know this is like so. bare stats. Like yeah. that we do not sound smart talking about this, no, but like hey. we are trying to learn here. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. This, so I'm I'm putting our uh, my sister knows a lot. Okay. So like she says like some names or like she'll like send me stuff on like Instagram. we're gonna have to have her on sometime. Oh yeah, yeah she, she she loves that shit. Yeah. But anyway, she told me like some stuff, so I got an idea, and I'm like, all right. So Arsenal three nothing is my call. Okay. So, I don't think it's gonna be close. And the reason we chose Arsenal Spurs, I don't know if you mentioned it. It's no. because it's called the North London Derby. Mm. Just two big teams, especially in the 70s and the 60s, and that they uh, they're super close in location, geog, geographically. Sorry, so they uh, just came up with a derby, and it's probably their biggest derby. Yeah, respectively for yeah. the two teams. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's huge. They're both in London, obviously. So 
it's a big game. We thought we should highlight it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I got 3 nothing. Alex got 2-1, both for Arsenal. So we'll see how that one goes. Beautiful. Uh, next one is uh, yeah, so next one. So we have a international friendly, or is it Nations League? Uh, oh God! Versus Italy. Why don't Why don't you give them your okay? So and uh, I'll look it up. Yeah. Anyway, so Italy versus England this week, which is a rematch of the Euro final. Um, big, which is crazy. That's, big game. Euro is yeah, it's twenty twenty one. So we're a while past that. I I think maybe as well the first time they've played each other again since that. Uh, it's the nations league yeah yeah so which is huge because it's really weird right now that that group the italy england germany hungary group yeah it's because hungary's first right which is yeah which is so weird weird. yeah they've been balling uh italy they haven't been playing great uh england is kind of there's not a whole lot of english players that are like really performing at the highest level right now i feel and and they've also got beaten by hungary and haven't been putting up great results uh, so I'm gonna say one one uh, for that okay. game. I'm I think I safe. I put one nil Italy. Okay. Just because I don't know. It just it seems like they they like if especially in the Euros when we saw it like England were on their game and they they still couldn't really edge them. Yeah. And I feel like now that they're really not on their game, I feel like Italy will okay. do it. Uh, next game we got Canada versus Qatar, the big one that we talked about earlier. Mm. One we're excited. We're probably both gonna watch it if we can. We got pretty busy uh, schedules, but we'll definitely no, give it a it shot. Good to, good to watch that. But uh, who you got? So pretty biased, but <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. For that one, I'm gonna go. I'm actually only gonna go Canada one nothing. Right. I think Qatar is gonna show them something different that they're not used to with these CONCACAF teams. Right. I think Qatar, um, if they won the AFC, they're going to be strong defensively. And Especially, yeah, very strong. So I think it's just going to be a bit of a defensive grind. Mm-hmm. Could see, um, I don't know, I could see David popping up for a goal. Yeah. Maybe Azario getting a weird one in the box. <laughs> a weird so one, right? I'm going to say just go Canada one nothing. Yeah, I, I went Canada 2 nothing. I think the exact same reason. Like, I think Canada, just attacking-wise, are just a little bit stronger than a lot of teams actually yeah. so you know i could see kyle laren like popping popping one in too so yeah yeah so i think there's there's opportunity there for them so definitely that's what i got and then uh yeah so next one we got netherlands versus belgium another huge one huge geographically game. huge geographically huge because they're neighbors but also uh huge because they're two very strong yeah top five um, in the world probably yeah um footballing countries um two favorites to win the world cup this december yeah is basically no, what de- we're trying to definitely. say definitely like they're two i don't know if i'd say you say netherlands is a favorite always <laughs> <laughs> always the flying dutchman yeah they're uh they're still yeah they're always a great team they're always well coached as well and yeah they got, they got a solid core there the real question um, is do you have a high scoring game or a low one because um, it, it could go either way, right? Like yeah. they, both teams have such like insane offense, but also such insane defense. Right. It's I crazy. think the way, I don't know. I just feel like Van Dyke's been a little bit off his game yeah. right now. Yeah, it's not up to one man though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Van Dyke is. Uh, people would say arguably one of the best center backs, not the best center back in the world. And he is Dutch. Um, he also plays for Finn's team, Liverpool. Um, but he hasn't been playing the best. Uh, no, yeah, he's, he's been struggling. He's been, been having moments. Uh, so for that reason, Belgium too. Their defense is is good, but it's a lot older. It's falling off a and cliff. Not as quick. Like they're yeah, they're a little slow. So I'm gonna say a lot of goals. I'm gonna say two two. That's a fair one. Yeah, I, I was think thinking about be, a high scoring yeah. game, but then I'm like, you also got to remember. Like I think that 
Belgium's attacking line is a lot older mm. than they used to when they were in 2018, obviously, just for aging reasons. But, like, I just think they're worse off. Yeah. Like, Hazard is not the player he was. No. Same with Lukaku. But they both seem to turn up a little bit. However, I still think Netherlands in the midfield and defense are a little bit stronger. So I'm going to say one nothing Netherlands. Yep. Might be a little biased because I do love like so many Dutch players. Yeah, Dutch players are awesome. Yeah, so it's kind of hard for me. But like I did pick the Netherlands just because I'm, I'm a biased little boy. And then, uh, and then last one's a Canadian Prem League. And then it's the top two teams in the league going at it. It's Calgary and Ottawa. Nice. So Calgary and Atletico. Yeah. Yeah. What a terrible name. Atletico. Like what? It's kind of Atletico Ottawa though. It's kind of like because they're sponsored, right? Yeah, well, they got that partnership with um, Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid in so, Spain, which is a Spanish <laughs> one of team. many Madrid. If you didn't pick teams. up the uh, the Madrid uh, as part of that name, so um, for me, um, I really don't know a whole lot about either team. If I'm going to be mm. completely honest, I'm going to say one one. Okay. Though, just because if they're two top dogs, I don't know. Could be, uh, could be a low score. I n- I know in the last few, it's not really gone Cavs way. Okay. So I'm gonna say one nothing Atletico. Mm. Atletico. So, yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in in my team, but yeah. I don't know, man. I don't have a faith in the coach. I think that might be. Okay, maybe that's why. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of uh, Tommy, whatever his name is. Yeah. But, yeah, those are our five uh, predictions for the week. The rest of the five, and including those five, will be on the socials yeah. after the episode. You can find them. Comment your uh, yeah, your predictions. Your predictions for yourself. It doesn't really matter. If you win, you get a little shout-out maybe. Yeah, most definitely. Maybe not. Yeah, we keep in track. Um, so the next segment. It's a fun one. we got two more. It is Wonder Kid of the Week. So just a little quick yeah, disclaimer. These segments, uh, me and Fen are drawing these segments from a list that we compiled before we started the podcast. So it's not always going to be the same segments. Um, There'll definitely be like segments that you see like every day but, or every podcast. Sorry. Yeah, but there will be some reoccurring ones that we do want to put emphasis on, especially talking about Canada soccer, of course, and we'll be talking a lot about our own teams. But this one, yeah, Wonder Kid of the Week. So we're going to be highlighting uh, an under-21 player mm-hmm. who performed uh, exceptionally well. At least um, di- we're trying to do a different one every week. Yeah, so we'll try and switch it up because... Yeah, you can't be like, for example, I, uh, like Pedri, one of the best. Yeah. Like, under 21 players right now. I think he's only 19 and he's... Yeah, it's phenomenal. And Xavi, the coach for Barcelona, says he's like one of the best talents that yeah. like has ever been at the club, no, which is high praise. No, he's, yeah, he's next level. He's class. He's so, be but like, ball. we're not going to mention Pedri like every single week. We might like, if he gets a hat trick from midfield, like we'll say it, but like, <laughs> we're, like we're not going to say him every week just because yeah, yeah. he's insane. No. So my wonder kid of the week, uh, coming from Bayern Munich, a German national is Jamal Musiala. Uh, he's 19 years old and he was the man of the match in their champions league game against Barca, uh, during the week last week. He had a assist on Sané's goal, and he really just bossed that midfield, mm. which says something for a 19-year-old uh, playing up against a Barca midfield yeah. with you know Busquets, De Jong, mm-hmm. even Pedri, who's phenomenal right now, right? So this Musiala kid's legit. I wish he had a decide to play for England, not Germany. But yeah. Like, yeah, he had a choice there. He did have a choice. Uh, and I know this isn't from the last week, but he also scored uh, a big goal against Stuttgart 
Okay. Um, when they last played, I think that was on the 10th of September. It was a 2-2 tie. Wow. But he's he's proven himself. He has four goals in the Bundesliga already this season. Yeah, he's a young man. So he's, he's doing well. Yeah, my uh, that's a good pick. Mm. He like I feel like I don't talk about him enough when I talk about Wonder yeah. Kids in general. Just because, I don't know. I've just never seen a lot of them, and I feel like I've been shadowed by this man right here that I'm going to pick. <laughs> uh, Jude Bellingham. Woo. Big man. Love this kid. He's linked to Liverpool, of course, because he's a yeah, Liverpool fan. Of course and he is. He wants to play for Liverpool. He says his idol was Stevie. So, right. uh, But, yeah, the reason I picked him, he's an English 19-year-old, or maybe even 18. I don't even remember. Mm. Um, plays for Borussia Dortmund, so Bayern Munich, like, top, uh, like, opponent, like, rivalry. Um, and he's also a midfielder, just absolutely like can do everything really. Um, the notable game that I want to point out was when he played Manchester City, who's yeah. probably the best team in the league, the world right now. Sorry. Yeah. Manchester City, um, scored that. a goal, lost the midfield, like just crazy stuff. Like yeah. for how young he is, he's probably going to start against Italy for England. Yeah. I can yeah. imagine. He plays like a 30 year old who's been like. Yeah, this has won like three Champions Leagues. <laughs> yeah, he's been to the World Cup. He plays with times. so much like confidence and s- simplicity, and yeah, he's just, he's 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 every like simple manager's dream. Yeah, because he just plays like what you learn when you're like five years old, just like ten times the speed and like ten times better. Yeah, he really doesn't have any flair, like, flaw. And he doesn't have a lot of flair, but he just, yeah, he's Mr. Fundamentals. Yeah, he's just he's insane. DG, right? It's insane so, to see. Yeah. Anyway, so that, that's our wonder kids that tell you tell us what you guys think. It's yeah. If you have any others, yeah, throw them in. We're always, uh, always hunting for new ones. I think we should give a shout out to uh, the youngest Premier League player now. Oh, um, shit. I got to bring up his name. History. I don't even remember it. Yeah, bring up his name. I think it's Ethan Nwaneri. Okay. Yes, Ethan. Uh, the young. Up. This week was a big week for the Premier League. Yeah, he was the youngest player to ever appear in a Premier League game. Right. Ever. At, That's a long time. Yeah, he's 15 years old. Yeah. And 181 days. 100. Yeah, it's 180. I would say 182. Yeah, so around that. That's days. all. That's halfway um, to. Halfway to 16. So for context. So this guy. This guy's like what? Grade 10. Yeah. So he's like an 06 or 07. 07. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. See, we're getting yeah, this is we're thing. getting the weird ones now. <laughs> Fifteen, Ugh. yeah, and it was it was funny. I used to see after the game, like he was like they were went to clap to the Arsenal fans, yeah. and he was kind of in the back, and they all pushed him out to the front. So yeah, he yeah. The Arsenal. I, I heard Arsenal was like telling him like something about how he used to go to school tomorrow or something. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I didn't. I haven't actually watched uh, his highlights yet, so I really don't know anything. I don't know how good he game. is, but I've I've heard he's um, like. The star player for Arsenal U18. Okay, but yeah, if you're there, man, like, oh, dude, if you're 15 and you're, you're coming there, on like for it's... Arsenal, who right now are top two in the Premier League, early days, but top two nonetheless, like that's impressive. You just gotta stay on the straight and narrow, dude. You're gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All so. right, so last segment before we cut her off here, the first episode is a fun one. Yeah. Sometimes it's gonna be a fun one, but it also be like a serious one sometimes. <laughs> so it's the Depends. down bad moment of the week. Down bad moment. So uh, DBM. Yeah, what do you got? So my down bad moment of the week um, comes from League Uh in France, which actually is the fastest ever card. Red card. In his and actually card. In general. Oh, card. I searched it up. 
yellow or red is the oh. fastest. And it was Jean-Claire Todibo, former Barca player, yeah. who transferred to Nice. Nice was playing against uh, Angers. Yeah. And Todibo got sent off straight red card after nine seconds. How does that happen? Into the game. Like, how do you... How, are you just so, like, cracked out of your mind? Have in you the seen the highlight? No. Okay, so basically what happens, uh, we can play it later on. We can plug it on the, the socials. But it was a, a beautiful long ball. And the forward uh, just basically touches it past Todibo, who had stepped up. Right. To, like, clear it. Yeah. Get his head on it. And uh, Todibo, like, recovered and just slid through him. But the thing <laughs> was, like, it was a debatable red because... Like Dante, you know Dante. Yeah. Brazilian center back. He was like he's super slow, but he was like in line with Todibo. So like you could say maybe he caught up, but maybe the ref was like, "No, this guy's slow as fuck. He's not. He's not getting there." Um, oh, so dude, it was such a down bad moment. Though. Nine seconds. This guy's a young guy. He's a good player too. But yeah, that's tough. But yeah, it's down bad, man. You can't be getting red after nine seconds. Like, yeah, come on, make that so, clearance. So what's actually funny about that is that alec and i before the episode we actually compared just to make sure and we had the same one yeah. so <laughs> i had to change mine but uh yeah my down bad moment maybe a little bit more serious maybe we might actually revisit it in the next episode it might be a little bit more relevant mm. it's uh brendan rogers just the name in general he's uh probably one of historically one of the better managers in the premier league he coaches leicester city at the moment yeah. uh former liverpool celtic swansea can't think of any other he's managed those teams yeah. and quite to some quite like impressive yeah quite things. successfully i think he had led celtic to an invisible season which an invisible season invincible. is uh it just means they don't lose yeah a game uh, all season which is crazy impressive yeah that'd... only happened once in the premier league yeah um the gunness the gunness arsenal anyways brandon rogers down bad moment of the week uh yeah they've only won one game all competitions all year, which is not yeah. a Leicester move. I mean, they've had a tough set of fixtures to come out of the season. And injuries. Like, and injuries, However, too. haven't won in the Premier League yet. Yeah. I think they're one in six, like one draw and six losses. And they lost their best center back, who got transferred to yeah. Chelsea. But they did get a final. wicked bit of cash for him. They got 80 mil for him? Yeah. Oh, yes, 80 million uh, Yeah. Pounds. Yep. Um, um, mm. What? That, that doesn't excuse... No, like you got so many good players on that team to be last place in the Premier League right now. No. People just aren't pulling their weight there right now. Their only win came in, uh, I want to say the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup, two yeah. separate tournaments to the uh, Premier League that uh, all English teams get to compete in. Mm -hmm. And I think they beat Watford, who are a second division team in England. So, I mean, not that impressive, really. No, it's just a shame because this is like Leicester is a team. I'm sure we'll highlight some podcasts, but who won the Premier League seven um, years ago? Yeah, like not even that long ago, 2016, I think. But also, um, right? So. I think we should mention the fact that before the season started, I called Leicester to go to go to the to get relegated to the yeah, division below. True. I did say it. Yeah, you did. You did but I mean, season is far from over. So they've only played seven games out of 38, but one point on the board in seven games. It's, not really. It's tough. Yeah, that's a they, tough one. Uh, yeah, their only win um, came against Watford four one. Was that it there? Yeah, so that's like um. And then they tied Rochdale, who are in the third division of English football yeah, or so soccer. Leicester's in the bin right now. That's yeah, Leicester is Brendan far Rogers in the bin. Might be on the way out. So yeah, he's. We'll hope we'll hope not because we love Brendan, but like it's 
iconic man, is he? Yeah, but like, he can't be producing results like that and expecting to to keep your job for very long. It's just the reality of the soccer world and the the prem. So. Yeah, no, exactly. All right, well, this is this has been the first episode. Yeah, you guys at home, go follow the socials. All right, it's Rank One Twenty Two Podcast on any social you think of besides Facebook and TikTok right now. We'll get TikTok up, but everything else you can think of it's rank 122 podcast go follow go give put on the notification bell slap that like button (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i don't know smack it with your forehead i don't know i don't care what you do just get that shit in there and tune into the uh into the games we recommended this week yeah check out that canada game it's gonna be it's gonna be fun yeah it'll it'll be on tv i bet yeah it should be and if you have one soccer not many people will, but if you have one soccer, you can also catch or the Canada Fubo game. TV, yeah, you'll be able to watch. Fubo, yep. Yeah. But uh, yeah, any uh, just look it up; you'll find a ton yeah. of shit on there. So thank you all for joining us. I know yeah. it's been maybe a little bit longer episode than we would have hoped, but, but uh, yeah. we had to teach you a yeah, lot. Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a lecture episode. So yeah, not, next episode will be a lot shorter. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a lot more informative. Maybe yeah. might move a little <laughs> faster. But uh, yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope to see you guys next time. Yeah. Thanks guys. See ya.